Buffalo. What's up, man? Oh, there you go. Okay. I thought I was having problems for a second. Nah. What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. You just see a, uh, one of the cops died. For real? Capital, Capitol Police, yeah. He's hitting the head with a fire extinguisher. Today, or was that all yesterday? Uh, yesterday. Yeah, in the initial uh, thing. I haven't really checked. I mean, there there's not much happening today, is there? I mean, there's no more protests or nothing. Are they still there? I'm not real sure. I mean, so I would have thought they would have cleared it all out. You would think. It, I know, like, you know. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think. It's just it's a very bizarre time, and especially with Trump because. All the people that were supporters of Donald Trump sit in two camps now. Mm-hmm. And it's those who still there be a decent amount, but also recognize that this thing's over. Like, and and, and and I still again like how how much Trump lost by it's really in my opinion it's really hard but happened in eight state they're in Arizona they're contesting Georgia they're contesting Pennsylvania it's like you can only do so much of that and if court after court and judge after judge and shooting mm-hmm. it down it's because there's not enough evidence and I always said this if they're was enough fraud to warrant these investigations that right, right? Mm-hmm. But these judges didn't feel like there was enough substance there to continue us down this this path. So, uh, do you think this, that this, do you think that tr- that Trump won though, or are you saying like? I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, okay. I've I've always brought how much percentage wise. I'm not real sure. I know that it happens. You mean in any in any election? Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. But here's my problem, and and how is and this is why it's a little bit different in this election than previous elections, is that people are at the mail-in. They're doing from the mail mm-hmm. and things affect how that is somebody says hey i, I want a mail-in ballot and it goes from that location wherever they decide to you know send out a mail-in ballot to the post office and then from the post office it goes through hundreds of it goes through machines and hundreds of hands before it arrives at your house you yeah. fill that thing out and then it goes back in the mail and it goes through hundreds of hands again. And then those hands arrive at a balloting station 
and they take the, your ballot. The person grabs the ballot and they open up your mail. And in Pennsylvania, it was two two letters, technically, and mm-hmm. they were piled separately in two different piles for Trump or not for Trump, or <clears throat> in some case, Joe Jorgensen, and then. Yeah. And then they would put them hopefully through a machine and everything's right as rain and everything is great. But here's the problem. That is nothing nearly consistent as when my wife and I went and voted in person where mm-hmm. I had to wait in the line, which I was fine with doing. And then I didn't have to show my ID, but you had to give them your name. Yeah. You sign on the, on the, on the line. And it's always upside down, oddly enough. And then you go to the thing, which it's a new machine. You you do your vote or whatever. And then it prints off this little Scantron. You get the Scantron, and as you exit, you hand it to this 85-year-old geriatric. Who knows <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah. Who, know, who knows how to use this machine, oddly enough, but he doesn't know how to use his cell phone. And... He'll put it into the machine, and what it does is that vote that's in that machine that with your own personal vote has to match whatever is in that in that master machine machine. That's what we call those in IT, um, and it's really really messed up the term master and slave, but they use it in IT still. Um, okay, but that that parent device has to match up with all of the votes that happened in that machine. And that's how they differentiate the the numbers just at any local poll. And the reason why I'm going through this whole entire six minutes, we were six minutes in already. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because that is a process that I'm comfortable with. I'm not necessarily comfortable with the mail-in ballots and because you don't need an identification to do it. How do you properly vet this stuff? You know, especially in these states that, you know, it was only 60,000 votes or 12,000 votes or whatever it is. So mail-in ballots to me are not a functional way of voting. I think that it created a tremendous amount of concern. A lot of speculation took place as a result of it. And I think that Trump didn't help this at all. Like he did. He lost the election. I think you saw my post. He lost the election because of what he said in that first debate. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he told people, the Proud Boys, to stand back and stand by and let's see what Mm -hmm. happens. When he did that, it didn't matter if Antifa, and this is the problem. People on the right are like, um, well, there are people that were Antifa that were dressed as Trumpsters that were out there. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Welcome this entire event. This is all brought to you by the 45th president of the United States tweeting too damn much and and continuing to add that doubt and how many people he has really falsely encouraged to do these things is is unbelievable to me. Like it's criminal. He should be in jail. And now he's saying he should give himself a pardon. <clears throat> I didn't even see that. He's he he. I mean, the things I've heard him say the last few days. I mean, he's just he's he's a ridiculous human being. You know, I mean, just a. 
it, it just goes back to my thing with him and Obama before him. And, you know, like, we're going to have this change and this hope and all this stuff. But it's just the same old BS that, you know, just keeps happening. But he's he's far, far and above the, the, a, a terrible human being, just in general. Just a terrible human being. Yeah. You know, because he, he actually, you know... I listened to one of his things where he was he was talking and said, uh, you know, like, I denounce this and we shouldn't go home and peaceful and, and, you know, things like that. But everything was, but we know there was so much voter fraud and but we know that we won the election and we won it in the biggest way in history and you know, like all these like ridiculous statements. Um, yeah, he said they, that. They added gasoline, added gasoline to the fire. I mean, just added to it. Yeah, you you tell somebody to go home, but in the next breath, you tell them how how much like that this is just like they're you're you're getting railroaded. You know, uh, <clears throat> I I think my concern honestly is, and and it, it's a distraction, man, because like I don't care if it's Antifa and I don't care if it's the far right. I could care less about any of that. What I'm looking at is if that was a group of minorities that were storming that place, they would, there would have been massive dead bodies everywhere. It wouldn't have been one woman shot. I, I really, truly believe that, dude, that there would have been a, a, a major bloodbath if they started storming. Like, if, like, the... Uh, uh, you know, protests for like George Floyd or something like that started like storming the Capitol, the U.S. Capitol. There, there would have it, it would it would have been bloodshed. I mean, and so I, don't I, think, I don't know. I don't think Trump understands that either. Like, you're creating you're creating a precedence with this, mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, I I believe that what happened last summer. And I'm only going to bring this up briefly because I think it takes away from what happened yesterday. Yeah, yeah. But all the shit that happened this last summer with Black Lives Matter and all these, all this protesting that took place, in my humble opinion, was domestic terrorism. I don't, I don't think there's any other word for it. The burning of buildings, the shit that happened that that went from protesting to late at night becoming rioting and looting that to me Mm. was domestic terrorism and my problem with it is that now the media decides that they want to call this terrorism and i think it's absolutely 100 terrorism by the way they're the same thing every everything yeah all of it's the same goddamn thing oh by the way but the media is deciding now to paint this broad brush of domestic terrorism um, when it's white people that do it. And I hope that normal when they're putting their kids to bed at night or one day when their kids ask questions, they can fairly and objectively say that both sides of this argument were wrong in the way they did things, but Hopefully, we learn something from it, because this just goes to show you what happens when tremendous amounts of our population feel disenfranchised. Because mm-hmm. this is how this whole thing happened. All these African Americans, these black people in this country, didn't just overnight decide that they wanted to loot Ferguson 
or burn it. Yeah. People didn't decide they want to do this in, in, uh, in Minneapolis or Chicago or any other city for the matter that had, a, I mean, there is a black person in every city, probably major city, if not every city in the country that has been, have, have knows somebody or has been victim to profiling, racial profiling, or even mm-hmm. treated like a fucking piece of shit because of the color of their skin. So this thing just happened overnight. And then on the other flip side, you've got people on the right that don't feel like they're being properly represented. And I think what we're re- what I'm really trying to dive into here, and I want to let you talk more, it's just oh, no, you're I think they're just groups that just don't feel properly represented and I, I blame it on the TV, I blame it on the internet, and I blame, blame it on the way we do politics in this country. It's toxic. It's, I, can't, I can't be with people that are... I can't be friends with people that are so absolute that they can't laugh at their president, that they can't joke about Trump and his orange skin or the way yeah. he does things. Like, if you can't laugh at your own party and, and, and the hypocrisy of this entire system, like... You can't laugh at yourself. Like, and, and that's what life is. Life can't be that serious in this country that you're willing to unfriend and, and, and alienate people because of the way they think. It's just, it's not okay at all. Yeah. So. Well, that's it. I mean, that's, I was, I was talking to my daddy a little bit tonight and we were talking about that, like. Just the media in general. I mean, there, there's no real journalism. He made a great point, actually, like, that I didn't really think of. You know, he even said, he said, yeah, I mean, typically now it's like there's there's a guy or a woman behind a desk and, like, they're just given a script and they read that script. You know, there's no real people, like, getting out there and, like, going to investigate and find things, you know, that are doing, like, real journalism. Like, I mean, even if you look at, like, the TV and stuff like that, I mean, if, if even like the news, you know, it's like rape, murder, murder, rape, child molestation. And then like, <laughs> you know, uh, soldier returns from Iraq and surprises family. You know, not to say that like people don't need to see that stuff, but like there, there's never any like, you don't really see stuff about local government, state government federal you know what i mean like like stories about like real stuff like it's just these like it's like i even <clears throat> so i follow um a, a news station in johnstown pennsylvania do you know what that do you know where that is johnstown yeah yeah okay johnstown's has a population of like 1800 people i think yeah. no I, I don't even know if it's that that much i lived there for like five years right but i follow their news um and I mean, they're literally like reporting on like a car chase in Florida and this thing that happened in Seattle and this other crazy murder in Oklahoma and this kid that got molested 52 times in Minnesota. Like, I mean, I'm not saying like those are the real, but like, you know what I mean? Like those, these, and I'm seeing that with all these news stations, all these local news stations, they're just going and kind of like cherry picking stories from like the internet. And that's basically all they're doing. They're not really doing any real journalism, you know, and I think it's just, it's, that's why, like, you know, the, the spotlight stuff in Boston, you know, when those guys, like, broke that story about the Catholic Church and things like, 
Like that's like journalism. You know what I mean? They're they're local people going and doing local stories and and, and getting corruption and things like that. It just it doesn't seem like that happens anymore. You know. Right. And to be clear, Johnstown's population is roughly twenty thousand people. It's just is it really? Yeah, it's just is it really? Yeah, it, it's just big enough in the neighboring counties to be considered a small city. Yeah. Just just the fun. I mean, part. they have their own bus system. They do have their own bus system. I didn't think it was that. I really, I I said like eighteen hundred people because I think that was the amount that died in the Johnstown flood in like eighteen eighty nine. Because it was like it was honestly, dude, that was the biggest loss of life on American soil until nine eleven. Right. And and then that that actually went went above. But yeah, so we were talking about that that stuff, and and then just the other stuff of like, I mean, it, 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 is it a sad time in our history? Definitely. But this stuff isn't new. I was actually. I mean, in a. Go ahead. No, I, I, I know it sounds sick, but I was laughing the whole time yesterday. Uh, yeah, no, that's. I mean, it's it is comical because people yeah. were like shocked, shocked. <laughs> what? But, but my wife, I mean, my wife made a made a comment because you know she wasn't like I was a gr- adult whenever you know nine eleven happened. And she was like, you know, in uh, what were like eight, nine years difference. Man. So like she was in like middle Showing school. Showing your age, man. <laughs> but, but, well, we didn't know each other at the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she, she was telling me like, you know, the, the impact, this is like my first thing, you know what I mean? And she kind of says like, this happened like on American soil that I really, and I started thinking back to like 9-11. I was like, well, you know, she's kind of right. Like, I don't remember anything. I mean, I remember a little bit like Desert Storm and people going away to war and stuff like that. But like, it, it wasn't, you know, in America. Like, I remember like the 93, I think it was, bombings of the World Trade Center. But like, I don't remember. I mean, I was only like, what, 11? So like, I it's it's not like burned in my mind. Like, and I, I, I mean, I even remember like the, the Oklahoma City bombings. But like, that wasn't really imprinted on my mind. I mean, it wasn't until years later when I really started reading about that stuff and understanding like the devastation that happened there and how many children were killed. And, and it was like, wow, that's great. So like, I, I do look at my own life and say, you know, okay, so I, we have experienced a little bit more. So, so I do get that in a sense. But I mean, in the 60s, if you just read your history, I mean, in the 60s and 70s, dude, they were throwing bombs left and right in America. I mean, bombs were like the preferred weapon i mean there were bombs going off everywhere the 70s especially there was like some of the most violent times in america no doubt and that's the thing that people need to (laughs) and you bring up a good point because thomas jefferson himself said every generation needs a new revolution and Mm -hmm. i believe wasn't a futurist what he was was he was a pragmatic person that understood that with freedom comes a tremendous amount of gravity that takes place on a republic like our like ours greece fell for much less than what just happened yesterday there was mm. a voting um odd thing that happened with with with, with greece or with the roman empire and that republic fell to shambles because um a tyrant like trump took the 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 pedestal of power and never relinquished his power and basically questioned the entire voting process. Sound familiar? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. An yeah. entire empire, the last Republic fell to shambles mm-hmm. because of this. And these revolutions, like even though 
I don't find them. I find them funny in the fact that people are just so stupid that they actually believe that the government actually gives two shits about them. They, they want, they want this. And the more you divide people, Mm -hmm. the more power you actually have. And when you look at what happened in all these cities last summer and you watch what happened yesterday, these are factions. Let's not, let's not kill ourselves. These are factions that are their own ideology that are, screaming to the, to its government to fix it. And now the government's going to be like, okay, we hear you. We hear you. We're going to fix the problem. Wrong. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Like, no. Dude, they're going to write in so many measures that you're not even going to be able to get into D.C. anymore. Like, visitors and things like that. Like, it's going to be so strict. And, and and I'm so interested to see what kind of bills pass during the next six months, what kind of like legislation is, is going to be passed, because um, this is when they do it during during these times. Yep. You know, and, and if you think the Patriot Act is BS, wait to see what's coming. It may not come tomorrow, but it's coming. Like they're going to really restrict movements. And think like we, you, the, that's the most ironic thing I think about this, right? Is is that, you know, the the Trump supporters that truly believe that like, uh, you know, that 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 truly believe that the government doesn't have control or they shouldn't, and like we, you know, they're always talking about like, don't tread on me. Right, they're all they're all right with you treading on anybody else, but like don't tread on me. <laughs> I'll tread on you. Uh, right, yeah, like, but it's it, it's funny because you know, the ironic thing is is that you know they're like, oh, we don't want government controlling anything. Well, you just gave them a green light to do whatever they want. Yeah, jackass. They're they're gonna take <laughs> yeah, our I mean, guns. Gave... Well, they have a reason to now. Wait. Now, now there's reasons. Because you yeah. brought guns to the Capitol, and isn't there a law about having guns in D.C.? Is aren't they illegal? Yeah, yeah, you can't like so. I actually it's funny because I was just uh, saw something about this because one of the somebody from Colorado, one of the new congresswoman, she was talking about I'm gonna bring my gun to D.C. No, you're not. And like they were, yeah, they basically were like, uh, it's illegal. And <laughs> if you did, the D.C. police, the D.C. police chief was like, we're gonna reach out to her and tell her that it is illegal, and if she brings it, she will be subject to any punishment that anybody would have. But they did say that Congress um, people and, and people in the government are able to have uh, guns. But it made it sound like they have to be like unloaded or, or not ready to fire, something like that, and, and stored in your office, which is weird. I, I, I didn't really read up too much on it. I just kind of uh, heard, heard about it. So I wasn't 100% sure, like, well, that's... You know, can they carry it in the because like they said that there's no guns like on the floor, you know, things like that. Like you can't have a, a gun down there. Um, so I don't know if they go through metal detectors or, or what. I doubt that. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you go through metal detectors like when you get in there. But do you think they subject everybody to them? I don't know. It's a great question. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know. So like you wonder, though, if like, OK, so I got a gun in my op. But most of them have bodyguards and stuff like that anyway. Not, I don't know most, but there are, you know, that, those people that do. Because um, that was the thing that was, crack, like, making me laugh a little bit too, is, is that, you know, 
our government's talking about, oh, you guys can't have guns. But as soon as something popped off in there, you saw all those guns come out, man. And people, that, that's what makes me think, like, okay, do people just have them? Because they kept saying, well, they're police officers. So, and maybe they were. I don't know. They were all in suits and stuff. Um, but, you know, where none of those people were aides or anything else uh, or congressmen or, you know, anything other than police. Because there was a lot of guns drawn in that, in, in that uh, right. area. Well, so they were, like, with the doors barricaded. So I, I was wondering, like... You know, maybe some of them do have it on in the floor, even though you're not supposed to. But if you have it in your office and you put it on your hip, nobody really knows, you know. But it was ironic that they keep saying, you know, you guys can't have guns. But as soon as that popped off, man, they were all about guns and protection and all that stuff. Right. You know. Because I'm just looking at it here. Dude. I mean, literally, like, what is it? 70? <laughs> I didn't even realize a lot of this stuff. 71. Uh, the, the Weather Underground exploded a bomb uh, in D.C. to or at the Capitol at the in the United States Capitol, <laughs> uh, protesting the U.S. bombing of Laos. Makes sense. Right? And then it's '72. George Wallace was actually sh- I didn't realize that either. He was shot um, in D.C. or in Laurel, Maryland, about 15 miles north of D.C. and he was paralyzed. 72 bomb exploded in a fourth floor uh, woman's restroom at the Pentagon. 73 Israeli Air Force attache was shot and killed outside his home in Chevy Chase, Maryland. 75 device exploded the fourth floor woman's bathroom, United States Department of State. 76 uh, Chilean guy was killed by the Chilean Secret Service uh, with a bomb, car bomb. 77. Uh, three buildings in D.C. were seized by 12 gunmen, including uh, the district building, City Hall, um, the John A. Wilson building, the Islamic Center of uh, Washington also. They took 149 people hostage, two died, and then after 39 hours, they were all released. 79, a guy rushed the reception room at Ted Kennedy's office with a knife. You know, 80. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, there was a bomb that went off like by Croatian terrorists. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, all, like, just constant. Like, because they said it, what was it? They said it on a radio. I, I heard that, that this is the first time anybody's ever breached the Capitol building since 18. Oh, they said it like or something 15 like that, times, you know? actually. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Like what? What? What are you taught? But dude, I I I see people that I kind of respect, and and kind of like, I don't want to say look up to, but I mean I guess you know admire, and they're falling they're for all this stuff, and they're thinking like this has never happened before, and I'm like this has happened so many times, like this has happened so many times. This is nothing no. new. It's and nothing and that's new. the whole point is like we have friction that occur. Every generation has one, and you pointed out a very good point, and that is that your wife is significantly different because she, you're nine years older than she is. She didn't experience 9-11 the way we did, you know? And, you know, when you look at history in a vacuum like that, you know, it emotionally impacts her because she's actually physically seeing something like this for the first time. This is like the third or third time we've seen it. My grandpa's 16th time, you know, these things happen a lot more frequently than you think. And they happen in different ways. Like the Oklahoma city bombing 
was the largest domestic terrorism terrorist attack in history at one point. So I mean, that was in ninety what ninety three or something. Ninety something like that. Yeah, I mean, ninety three or four or five, right. something like that. I want to say ninety five. There's always going to be something, and, and it's unfortunate that we have these things happen, but in a way, they kind of keep our government in check in a weird way. And I'm going to tell you before we go any further. Guess what's on BBC right now? Actually, I was just looking at the BBC uh, thing, but I didn't. The see Patriot. What's, up. what's on? I was the on Patriot. The Oh, you mean the, the the TV show? I was talking about the... I was looking at... I always look at, like, BBC and things like that. They have the goddamn Patriot on TV. Like, we don't have enough Patriot. civil war right now going on in this country. <laughs> and they're just... They're just social engineering more dumbasses to go out and, don't tread on me. That is so But that's funny, the thing. Man. Like, it's not just the media. It's TV. It's everything you watch. There's just constant bombardment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just and it just seems like it's been more and more I mean with the 24 hour news cycle and things like that it's just so much listen you can be for the second amendment but that doesn't mean you exercise your second amendment by marching the capitol and pulling out a gun and shooting in to the congressional library whatever the hell they fired in yesterday and they killed a woman yeah there, there were people that looked just like you and me. There was this beautiful woman that died because she got shot by the Secret Service. She's an Air Force yeah. veteran, man. And it's like Trump needs I'm, – I'm going to be real with you, man, and this is not going to go down well with some of my family members. I voted for him. I don't, I don't care. I'll admit it. Um, yeah. he, needs, he needs to go to jail. The shit that he pulled during the debate with Stand Back and Stand By and then every tweet and every post that he made after that, he needs to be held to some standard for pulling Mm -hmm. that bullshit. And it's anything less than treason, in my mind, for how he handled things. It's one thing to say, I mean, he just fictitiously was pulling shit out of thin air. And it got to the point where he had a guy who has a tremendous amount of respect in New York City, Rudy Giuliani, and just mucked his reputation in dirt. I mean, he did it himself. I mean, yeah, the dude did. was on Borat and did a fantastic. He had a fantastic moment. Uh, he was asking for for calling for arms too. Did you hear that? No, Rudy Giuliani was calling. For conflict. Oh, oh no, he I didn't see that. was calling for conflict. Like 11 o'clock in the morning He's... in D.C. He, he lost his mind, man. Like, I don't know what would happen. No, it doesn't matter what happens. It's because they get old. And this is to the next point. Like, when, is, when are we as Americans going to start electing people who are in their 40s? Who are in their 50s? And quit yeah. electing these troglodyte geriatrics that don't even know how to use their iPhones. Like, and, and kudos to Mike McConnell or Mitch McConnell. Congratulations to Mitch for that bullshit of denying that stimulus. Listen, I didn't, I don't want it personally. I think we've had this conversation. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, we already went through that, but I mean, I, he's still, I mean, I, I'll, I'll agree with him on that one, but I think he He was was doing it for political reasons and he, 
he basically yeah. lost the Senate. So now the Dems got free reign for the next two years. Dude, he is one of the biggest scumbags like ever. Really like, is. He, he is all for anybody can donate to me. Like I, he was the one that pushed through all those like bills that like, you know, uh, corporations are just like individuals and you can donate to whatever you want. And like the money, 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 like all the, the it, just insane stuff that like, and he looks like a demon guy. No, like he looks like somebody. Yeah. Like he doesn't even look like personable. Dude. But like, that's why I don't Trump. understand how people even neither voted for Trump. him. <laughs> But at least Trump got the tan. Like he wants to look the part. You there know what I mean? No like he's not the. But, but like, <laughs> I, <laughs> there was. Yeah, but here's here's the here's the thing though about about the like because some people be like, well, they're old. They they're experienced. They you know they have you know the experience to be able to lead us and no. do these things. Like we should revere our old. And people. our brains also start deteriorating after the age of fifty. That's a fact. Yeah. So, like, it gets exponentially worse as you age. By the time you're 75, your those... brain is like, all right, we're on borrowed time now. And you're making, you're passing yeah. policies that you're never going to benefit from or see. By the time it actually works and we decide whether or not it actually works or not, your ass is in the ground. Yeah. Well, working, and that's the thing, like, I'm not for just throwing away old people. Like, I feel like we should care for them. We should talk to them. I mean, especially, like, now, like, go talk to an 80, 90-year-old person that experienced a lot of stuff, because they'll probably tell you straight out, like, uh, okay, this is nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this this isn't anything, you know, in, in, in that sense, yeah. But, yeah, to me, making policy and decisions on the whole country, because, I mean, you got some of these people, I mean, they were born in 1930s in the south (laughs) you know what i mean like they have some really ingrained things because man it's hard to get that out of your brain if you if that's all you knew you know grow and and ran on platforms in the 60s and 70s for segregation and stuff like that you know it's and, and that's what i tell people all the time like you know these because people always say, man, it's so much better now. Well, yeah, but I mean, is it really? Because like, yeah, just because the, you know, sheriff isn't calling the African-American the N-word right now, like he did in 1965 when they're marching. And he's like, I'm not going to let your N ass go over this bridge. You know what I mean? Like you see stuff like that. You see a guy, a guy, a sheriff, dude, a sheriff talk to a human being like that, right? And you gotta realize, like, he had a son or a daughter. He put those those he instilled those values in them, you know, and then they instilled them in their kids. Eventually the cycle can break, right? But it's not gonna break that fast. Like we still got a lot of these people in office with that mentality. Right. And it's scary, man. And and I, I noticed with the elderly, I, I it's probably gonna happen with us. You get more ingrained in your beliefs. Like, I don't think you have as much of an open mind. I, I sure hope I'm never like that, but you never know. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I love about, like, my dad. Like, I, I mean, I love my dad, but, like, he does that a lot. Like, he'll, and I think he's starting to get it now. 
but like he's under the impression that houses are still you know 12 grand <laughs> and that you know he's like here in or here in here in ohio dude like especially you know the the columbus area um houses are expensive dude and they go fast like there there's no like you actually have to put like 10,000 over the asking price if you want to get a house, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and especially like the areas that we look in, I mean, they're like, you're, you're very lucky if you find a $250,000 house because majority are three fifty dollars and up. Um, but my dad's like under the impression, like, you know, he's still under the impression that you walk into Walmart and like shake the manager's hand to get a job. You know, like, like that doesn't have, like, you need to go online and fill out the application and like, there, it, it makes it harder to get a job. Right. And like, even with like buying a house, right. He thinks that like, you know, you could just go and, and lowball them and they're going to take your price. And it's like, dude, that's not the way it works now. Now you have to like, you know, like I said, go over the price to even get looked at. So like, it's a different way of operating. Like we're not operating still in like 1970s, 80s, where you could feed a family of you know, 12 on a factory right. job. You can't do that anymore, man. With the way that the unions have gone and the way that the business has gone and the industries and all that stuff, you, you just can't do it anymore. You know, like they were all unionized, man. You know, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I tread both, right? Like my legs on that line. Cause there's sometimes I'm like unions. Yes. But I've been a part of two terrible unions. Uh, terrible, just terrible. They took your mind. One was the AEFGE or whatever it is, the the VA one. <laughs> uh, they helped n- nothing. Not not. Did I pay dues? Everything. They did not help me at one bit whenever I left the VA. Like wouldn't even didn't return my calls. Didn't talk to me. Nothing. But they right? but they took your money. So, oh, they took my money. That's for sure. Uh, and. You know, so I kind of straddle that fence. But back then, the unions were strong, man. I I rarely see jobs these days that are unionized. Well, I think you know, I think uh, unions are are useful in certain conditions, but I don't think unions are necessarily appropriate in others. And I think that the way that they they're used, I mean, the mafia is the reason why unions fell apart the way they did. The mobs are the reason why. So, yeah, I I think that there's a place for them, but really. You know, to just put things in perspective, I think you're articulating really the the issue at hand, which is that our elderly or our family members that are old, like that bought into whether it's Trump or just a certain way of thinking, like they're closed minded and they're not willing to have a suggestion that makes it's put in their head because they live in these like prisms of absolute bullshit. And you can't you can't live on a mm. fence of one hundred percent one way or one hundred percent the other way. You have to be able to be objective. And you know, I'm yeah. looking at this through in a very objective lens. I I voted for Trump, but I think what he did is incredibly criminal. And I think that he needs to be responsible for the deaths of the people who died in Washington D.C. yesterday under the the false umbrella that somehow we were going to, you know find a way to fix this thing and it's it, it couldn't and like any every republican there said um 
the, yesterday was not the day to call fiction. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it was not the time to do it. And I think it's really unfortunate, but it's a reality that we face that our federal government absolutely cannot um, speak for the people in these states. So, um, yeah. And that's a thing, man, right? Like, states states' rights, I mean, that's never going to be a thing, I don't think. Because the federal government's always going to trump that. No, I mean, what I'm saying is, like, ever since the Civil War, man, I think we talked about this before, like, the federal government, yes, they'll allow you to do things, but at the end of the day, they have the final say. You know, and if they want to come raid that pot farm in your state, they're going to do it. You know, they're going to. I mean, exactly. And it it doesn't matter. But, you know, you have to know what you're reading, what you're seeing, what the world's like, what we're trying to do here. And unfortunately, we live in a reality right now where people are not getting real news, not getting information and. My mom loved her to death. She might even listen to this at some point. Like, she said, well, Antifa. And I don't give a shit. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. I'm looking looking at at something different. I'm looking at this through a completely (laughs) different lens. And at some point, Trump has to pay for the word and created, you know, like I said yesterday. The stock market did real well yesterday. A civil war must have already been priced in. So mm. we'll see what happens, man. But it's it's a it's a. We'll never get we'll never get there, man. We'll ne- we'll never get to a civil war because the thing is, there's too many people on social security. There's too many people on like government assistance in one one form or another. Um, that nobody it, it just won't get there because they don't want their checks getting cut off because that's the first thing that's going right. to happen you know I, I i truly believe that especially the boomers man with the way they don't they nope. don't want that you know there's way more than than anybody they definitely don't want a civil war yeah the boomers the boomers don't want a civil you know, war they're, i they're think not they like to think they it, do but you know yeah, I tell you what though, man. I was thinking about that today. They, they, they kind of did get a raw deal, right? If you Old think art. about it overall, right? What? So they were what t- the boomers? Good. Yeah, no, in in a in a way, like they 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 benefited from the world's greatest economy, right? Mm-hmm. Throughout their lifetime, but they also they also had to deal with like doctors telling you cigarettes were okay, you know, doctors saying that fast food is okay. Like, you know, junk or processed food is the way of the future. Um, you know, like they had a lot of like other issues, like with, with health and stuff like that. There was another couple of things. I, my I biggest problem, too, I can't, my biggest like problem right with now. my family's oh. generation, with my dad's and my mom's generation is that, um, you know, my in-laws, they, they did just fine for themselves. They're not rich. They're not poor. They've got enough to retire their their later years and actually enjoy their 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 lives and then you've got people that absolutely just completely were flower children and thought that they could fuck their way through life and 
have multiple relationships and live in in demand and you know make these excuses like one of my family members and i'm not going to drop their name they said ryan our generation didn't just have money on demand like you guys what do you mean like a savings what do you mean like a savings (laughs) like you mean back when like milk was a nickel and and yeah um, the price of a house eighteen thousand dollars and life was simple back then like life was significantly different back then for them it was a much easier time than it is now like our generation has one big thing going for us and that is that we are open to suggestion like we are self-teaching ourselves i'm teaching myself german right now like i don't i don't have to pay somebody to do that for me you know i don't have to pay somebody to do the things that you used to do i have access to information in real time and if i'm getting financially paid to do my job it's because i went to college we went we were educated somebody values our education and our experience right and when you say that our lives are easier than yours and i worked harder than you how is that how is that fair to my efforts like the reality is is that you were either lazy or you were you didn't listen to your family like i tell my kids you're probably going to end up having to go to college or getting an education somewhere and how mm-hmm. you get that really doesn't matter like you just have to get a college education and hopefully you get it in the stem field but if you're going to get it in liberal arts or something like that it isn't going to pay anything so get a degree in stem and then maybe on the side you become a painter or you become an artist or you become you you play your own music or you self teach yourself this stuff but going to school for something that isn't going to pay you anything doesn't really make sense. So we have an entire generation, even our own, our own demographic that are asking, you know, MC to forgive all of our student loans. Like we, we have this self entitled yeah. bullshit from our government and JFK asked, and it's a very cliche. What can you do for your country? Not what can your country do for you? It's very open handed bullshit. When can the Democrat party get back to JFK? The party of JFK. Where's that party at? Can we have that conversation? Oh, they were assassinated in 1963. <laughs> They're not actually 68. Yeah. Bobby was kind of that too. But yeah, they uh, it, it, it and, and you know even like in my field, like I I so the the problem that I see because like getting you know just a bachelor's in psychology like going into school i knew that wasn't going to get me anywhere i knew i wasn't going to get a high paying job with that i i knew that but i knew that i needed to go get a a master's right and at that level i kind of knew what i wanted to do and that there is money in that right like you can and and some of these fields if you really do you know do your research and like look at things like you can make money in it right um Mm -hmm. even a liberal arts thing like Actually, I don't even know about that because I don't really know what you're going to do. A four-year degree is really nothing, especially if it's in nothing. Like, that's the thing. Like, you really do have to – a master's degree is like a college degree 30 years ago. You know, um, that's pretty much it. Like, a, high, a college degree is like a high school diploma anymore, and a master's is like a college degree. That's the way I see it anyway, um, especially for, like, my field. Like, I right. had to get a master's. 
but I know that there is money in it. But think, you know, I was 28 when I went back to school and had a plan. Like, this is my plan. I'm going to get a bachelor and then I'm going to get a master's. Like, I know that. Like, I know my plan. I plan, like, it's going to take me this amount of years. This is what I'm going to do. Like, you know, there were some hiccups and things like that, but it got done. But I see these young people going to school for these degrees. And I'm like, well, what do you want to do with that? I don't know. Okay. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you getting this? I mean, it's kind of like, well, I just got to go to college. Like, okay. All right. But like, and, and even like at the master's level, like, you know, a lot of these kids were 22, graduated high school or college and just went right into grad school. Didn't, didn't get any work experience, never worked a day, never worked a day in a psychology field. So they have no idea what it's like. And then they get a master's and then they start working in it. And they're like, I don't like this. This is, I, I can't do this. And I'm like, well, why would you get a degree in it? Well, I thought I wanted to do it. So like, they don't really have a plan either. Like there's no plan at all. It's like, I just want to do this. I think I'd be good at it. Or I think I like people, why not do this? You know, and, and they don't kind of realize what it, what it entails and what it's really about. Because again, man, you get a, a degree, like so working at a psych hospital um, as a um, high school person in college, I think I was making like $12 an hour with a, with a college what? degree, a four-year degree. You could work at about a $2 raise. Right? So that, that was, that was, now I'm making, um, you know, significantly more than that now, but that's just because I know how to market myself and I know how to like get things done too and negotiate and all that stuff. Um, and that's the thing, like people always say that to me, like, and I think that kind of irritates me too. It's like, well, you're a male, so you wow. get that money. Well, no, I mean, I know how to talk to people and to go, I don't take the offer. Like I ask questions. Because, like, I, I had, like, coworkers coming to me asking me that. Like, how do you negotiate? I mean, I, if I don't like the offer, I say, can we change this offer? If they say no, then I either take the job or I leave. Like, I don't know what you mean. Like, what do you mean? Like, we're not sitting in there going back and forth. You know, it's, it's what it is in, in my field. Like, this is what it is. Like, you know, maybe if I work another 10 years and I'm, you know, uh, able to get in a position where I can say, you give me money or I'm not coming. Like, and, and then kind of work out a, a, a thing there, like a contract with, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, it's really, it's not like a fight, like I'm a financial advisor going in and negotiate mm -hmm. a hedge fund or something like that. Um, you know, which even in that situation, I mean, you're, you're pretty much probably just negotiating for like commission and things like that. Like how much you're going to get off of something, I would assume. Uh, you know, where, the, where there is those factors, but you can do that in counseling. Like if you're a counselor, you can say, okay, I want like, uh, you know, 40% of what I bring in or 50% or whatever, you know, if somebody wants to take it, they take it. If not, they don't, you know? So it's not like this, like big secret. It's like, well, I just asked the person. And then like a lot of times I'll get the answer. Like, you mean you ask that you tell them that like, you don't want to take this offer. And it's like, well, yeah. Like, what do you like? I, they think that there's like this, this secret because I'm a, a male. That like, I'm just able to get these things. And it's like, well, no, I tell them what I want to make. And if they come up with that, then they do. If not, then I either take the job or leave, 
You know, it's not, it's really not that that difficult. But yeah, I so <laughs> after all that, I think my point is is just that I really think that the the younger generation really just doesn't have a plan. And I I get that because I didn't have a plan either when I was you know twenty twenty one. Um, so I can kind of sympathize with that a little bit, but I wouldn't be going and taking out the money that they're taking out at 20, nope. 21 years old. <clears throat> and that's, and that's the thing is what they want to blame everybody else, but they just cannot blame themselves for making a bad decision. So that's where yeah. we are. It's unfortunate, but that's where we are. So I don't know, man. I just things kind of die down a little bit and people just shut the hell up and go to work and if you don't have a job try to find one like i we're i'm very lucky that i inherited this sense of like self-fulfillment like i don't know where i inherited it from but i've always felt like i could do whatever i set myself to and it it's worked it's worked out real well. I had a job interview today for a job, dude, and I probably won't take it, but it's a sick, it's, it's a huge job. Like it's double what I'm making now. And right. And I'm thinking, and I'm asking mm-hmm. my grandpa, like, what should I do? Should I take the job? It's a contract, but it's double what I make now. Or do I stay at my current position that there's a lot of stability and I'm really good at it. Like you just don't know, but like I have that flexibility and I think most people would love to be in that, that position. Um, but in order to get to that place, you have to make a ton of sacrifices. And for you and I, it was countless hours at night studying. Like, yeah, that, that's what I said. You set yourself up for that ability to be able to do that though. You know, I had a, and, and the thing is with, well, you didn't just do that by yourself. You know, you, you had an education, dude. That post-9-11 GI Bill changed my life forever. It's a, It was a humongous tool. Like, if I had to put it in tiers of, like, things that, like, were the most important things, my GI Bill was by far, it pulled me out of the heaps of lower low poverty and brought me into upper middle class, like, over the course of a 10-year period. Because yeah. education does matter. And like you said, how you market yourself matters. And for people listening, like they need to understand that. Like maybe you have a degree in business, which is a very generic degree. Like I have a degree in business. It sucks. Like by itself, it doesn't do shit for you. You know, you have a base, you have basic accounting skills. And, you know, once you get out of college, like within first year of graduating from college, your job really is to find a job. And just get some experience. That's what they always tell you. And once you get a little experience and you get good Mm -hmm. at something, then you just gradually make your way up into the echelons. You don't just jump yourself into a $100,000 a year job. It takes time. Like, and it takes effort. And right feet for IT. So it's a lot different than it would be in other fields. But I live in like a project management life cycle kind of thing. So it's a lot different. So I have, you know, some IT experience that develops with my business degree. Like it worked out real great for me. Like I found something that fits exactly what I do as a, as a human being for what I went to school for. But like you have to get to that point. And I think too many people our age are, are because of their failed decisions at the beginning. 
and then not willing to do those grunt jobs. Like, I don't even know what BNY Mellon pays right now for that entry-level job that I took back in 2012. That was eight years ago. We graduated from college eight years ago, man. And, yeah, well, yeah. I'm only like, seven. Okay. I graduated in 2013. But still. But still. <laughs> And like, yeah, I want crazy. like it was a thirty-five thousand dollar job, and I thought I was so cool because I had a salary job, thirty-five thousand dollars a year. Yeah, no, nah, wasn't shit. See, but that's the thing too. I think though, like we talk about, you got to surround yeah. yourself with, with people too, though, man. Like, because one guy, one guy I know, you know, he would tell me that all the time about, like, like you said, you go on interviews and stuff like that. He would say that to me all the time. He's like, go on the interview. So if you don't get the job, it's it's practice. You know what I mean? Like he's like, if you don't take it, it's 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 just practice. Like you know, it's it you're practicing your interviewing skills. Like so you get better. That's you right. Long in this you know life, and like I really like. I mean, this guy was like a lot older than me. You know, we worked together and stuff, and but he was spot on. You know what I mean? Like the things that he would tell me and the things that, like, you know, he would say, and just I had so many people like that in my life. I think that, but I've had the other too. I had the other that were trying to take me down with them. So, so I mean, I've had I've had them all. You know, <laughs> but you got to surround See, yourself I'm, with the. And here's the other thing: I don't know that, if you have this situation, you know. but right now I'm doing. Like I'm literally there. Yeah. I'm not even applying for the job. Yeah. They're just calling me and they're like, hey, are you interested in find, finding a job somewhere? And I'm like, sure. And then they're like, well, they want to extend you an offer for a job and it pays more than what I'm making now. And they're like, are you are you interested? And I said, I need some time to think about it. And then they, they hammer me and that pisses me off. Well, why do you need to think about it? Uh, because I already have a job, yeah. asshole. That's why. Like, I got to... Yeah. Now, are these positions that are like just well? Yeah, like there was one that was a permanent or? job, but it would require me to eventually move my family, and I wasn't comfortable with moving my family, and that's what I told them. And that was a hundred. That was okay. like a hundred and twenty thousand dollars job. And right, and I and I'm just like, I'm not willing to just uproot my family yet. Like my wife, her main function is to go to college and get her nursing degree. Like I'm willing to bite the bullet and not make that extra 40 K until she finishes school because I'm good at my job right now. And I'm still learning every day. Like if I was in this boring job that I wasn't learning anything from, then yeah, I would jump ship. The current role I'm in right now, it's not always about money for me. Like there is a level of like satisfaction and work balance. Like I'm not stressed even though my work is hard, yeah. like I'm not stressed out. Like I know what to do. I know how to fix the problem. Like those things are important. Like I go into a new culture, yeah, a new yeah. company. I've got to learn everything again. That's scary. You know? So yeah. So yeah, for me, yeah. like, no, I get that. Yeah. It's completely different. And I get job offers. I kid you not. I do an interview and now they're just offering me jobs now. Like I had, like I had one today and I'm and it's in Maine. Okay. It's in Augusta, Maine. And I'm going to work remotely in this job for a year and a half. Like I'll work in the same office. I'm talking to you right now. And they're going to pay me a ridiculous amount of money to come over there and be a consultant. And I'm thinking to myself, I told my wife, I said, I'm about 60% sure I'm not going to take it. And she goes, what? And I said, I'm about 60% sure I'm not going to take it. I said, you know, I just don't want to leave this job yet. 
Like, I'm not there yet. I'm not that pissed off. And I mean, I said, look how well yeah. we're doing right now financially. Like, we're so fortunate that we have, I have this job. And I said, and God forbid, you know, the economy go further south. Like, be the first ones to cut. So, like, I'm fine where I'm yeah. at. Like, they, they're not just going to fire me. And if they do have to fire me, they're going to give me a package to leave. So, like, why would I just mm-hmm. get rid of all that uncertainty during a, a pandemic of all times? And companies are reluctant to bring on permanent employees because they want to see if. And uh, that, that's just yeah, the reality of true. it. Like, right now, I'm fine where I'm at. We'll see what happens. But, you know. And that kind of leads to my other thing. It's like the kind of people I work with, I'm realizing that like, I'm a real, real leader. Like, I'm not just like saying that just to like toot my own horn, but like, I've got people that are stressing out about stuff that is incredibly trivial. Like for instance, like right now, I have an annual project I have to do that runs for about 120 days, first four months of the year. My job is to do mass inventories for all of our transmission sites. And it's a big undertaking and it requires equipment and it requires strategy and it requires organizational skills and it requires communication and getting stuff out. I have a product manager that helps me do my administrative stuff because I'm the technical liaison for it. So my function really is to do the technical piece while she does Mm -hmm. all the project management shit that is really boring. Um, like the PowerPoint slides and everything. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. ordering supplies, stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm working with somebody that's on the other side of the project and I'm talking to her yesterday and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm just so stressed. And I'm like, well, what are you stressed about? She goes, well, you know, we got to find these tough pads because we use tough pads to do our inventories with. And she goes, and we only have nine Ryan. And I know we promised you four or five this year, but you know, this is technically our equipment. It is our stuff. And, you know, hell or high water, we're going to get what we need first. And whatever you can get, you'll get. And I'm like, fool, I did your job for you already. We got we got 14. And she's like, what? And I said, we got 14 tough pads sitting in the queue at the office. Like, you're stressing out about nothing. I said, and I, and I, she's 26 years old, 27 <laughs> years old, very bright young girl. And I said, you are a brilliant young lady. I said, but I'm going to be honest with you right now. I said, I can sense that you are over, overwhelmed right now. And I said, and I've done this project with you for four years. And, I, and she probably makes close to what I make. And I gave her a huge piece of advice. And it was pretty straightforward. I said, there is nothing that you do today in this job that's going to get you fired outside of doing the wrong thing. Like, consciously doing the wrong thing i said you you know yourself your leadership knows your worth i know your manager like i know him because he and i talk about movies all the time like he and i are cool like there's nothing that you're gonna do today that's gonna get you fired so that's number one number two is you're stressing out about not having enough tough pads i said if there's anything i've learned in life is that if you're loud enough and you're open and you communicate properly, there's no reason that doesn't become 14. And I said, and that's why I know it's 14. So now I spent 45 minutes with her on the phone trying to talk her off a cliff. 
I, I missed an eight o'clock meeting that I already had with her, basically telling her exactly what I already said. So my man and my supervisor basically just, my boss basically just put it at ease the way I did the day before, but I took him doing it to have her walk off away from the ledge. And that's the thing is like, there are two kinds of people in this world, people that have experienced that kind of shit and have done it enough times to know that you don't have control of this shit. Like you could very easily talk yourself off a ledge, but do you have the sustainment to be able to say, you know what? I have zero control of this outcome. Just like Trump, like I can only control what I control and I'm going to focus on doing that really well. And if that means I have a little bit more work later on down the road, then fine. But I know enough with the path that I'm walking on to know like what the worst case scenario is. And even that isn't bad enough for me to want to jump off yeah. a cliff. So we're good. Like this isn't Ramadi. This isn't Fallujah. <laughs> like this isn't going over the Tigris river on a one lane yeah. bridge getting shot at with small arms fire on a Wednesday afternoon. Like I'm good. Like this shit's yeah. breezy, baby. Like I don't give a fuck. Yeah, and that that's a yeah, that's a sad. I I get that, man. Because that happens all the time. Like I have people that are like ready to jump off a ledge, like I say, and it's like, wait, what? Like we're not even, even there yet. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Right. It's like holy <laughs> shit. Like, do you have a roof over your head? Yes. Do you have Do you have three square meals? Yes. Are yeah. you healthy? Yes. Do you have Do you have access to like Breaking Bad on your TV? Yes. Your life is easy. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I got, I got to finish that man. I still got, I got the last what's, season to watch. What's funny is, is that show ended years ago, and you have yet to still finish it, which is insane to me. Mm. Like, well, I. But that's not the that show you show, do, though, man. Like, I'll start like Mad Men. I did it with. I don't. I, it, it was like okay. So for me, oh, real quick, because I got to wrap it up here in a second, but. For me, with Breaking Bad, it was it was dude. It was like, okay, how many times can this guy get into a bind where he kills somebody? You know what I mean? Like it's like the same thing happens every season. Um, really? And it was just getting too much because there like, was a progression. Uh, yeah, granted. No, I I get that. Maybe I don't. Maybe I need to watch it again then because that that may be it. Cause I was just like, all right, man, this guy's a chemistry teacher. Like he would never do this stuff in a million years. Like, come, all right, like the selling meth part, all that, but like the killing people and 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 stuff. I was like, ah, so, it's a little far fetched. Listen, and you're, you're from Pittsburgh. So like, you're oh, from the streets, okay? And I don't know how well you're averse with, with drugs, but here's the thing: like it, season one, basically starts off <laughs> with like the bottom of the well, the the bottom feeder, right? And Walter White's character, mm-hmm. Walter White, um, his char- that character basically goes through this transformation knowing he's got terminal cancer possibly, um, that he has to kill this guy or that guy is going to kill him. And he's in the basement. And he, in the final episode, yeah. takes this dude's life by choking him against a pole. And after he kills him, Walter White's character evolves. He now has killed somebody, right? And then 
Walter goes to the drug dealer, um, the guy above him, and goes into the thing, and he puts together some chemistry concoctment, and he blows up the goddamn building like a boss. And that's the end yeah. of season one, right? So, 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 right there, that's where I'm like, all right, dude, he just like exploded something. Like he's got, they got to find hiding. out. Like, so, you know what I mean? Like, like this. That that's that's the birth. Of I get, okay, and okay. The death of Walter White is in that moment. So then, season two, there's the next level of the drug cartel. He's he's cooking out drugs and putting shit together, and that's when he meets Saul Goodman, the lawyer, and they start putting together this like whole entire effort, you know. Um, to get him kind of organized from a criminal enterprise standpoint. And then season three, I think he finally meets Gustav Gus or whatever, the the Chilean guy. And then you start mm-hmm. learning about his character a little bit. And Wright's becoming a fucking bad guy. Like he went from being a normal guy that was dying of cancer, that was just trying to sell some meth so he can pay for his cancer treatment and, give his family a little nest egg to retire on and now he's like i want it all and then towards season four which is where it winds up he has to get creative and kill guts so like, i don't want to give the rest of the movie how far you've gotten along mm-hmm. in it so he has to kill Gus. Yeah, no, I remember, like he yeah. has to make a deal with the devil to kill, kill gus and in order to make a deal with the devil to kill gus he basically sacrifices any chance that he can have a normal life with his family to do that. So he had to choose whether or not he wanted to kill Gus because Gus was going to let him walk. Like he just said, dude, all you have to do is let him make the meth. You've made more than enough money. Just do your own thing. Just stay away from Gus and you're fine. But he wanted more, right? So he basically chose the power over Mm -hmm. his family. And it was in that point in the series where you start to see the collapse of him and the entire environment around okay. him, you should like appreciate that. Like, it just goes to show that even the best of men can be corrupted yeah. by power, and that was kind of the whole pro- premise of the show. Yeah, no, I and I I do get like I said though, it's it, there are some things that like later on I start watching like series and stuff from like, and t- like and Sopranos, what a disappointing I never was really into Sopranos when it was on. Uh, dude, I don't even want to go into that. That's a whole show there. Um, so, so you know, I do watch. Like, I'll go back and like rewatch. You know, thing like Oz. I watch. I remember watching Oz, and I was like, oh man, this. You know, it. It's. I. I never really liked it when it was out, but I was like, okay, I can like watch this. Um, but yeah. So, so it, it maybe is something I need to like sit down and and go back through and kind of you know watch it again. Um, because like I said, I. I do that with just a lot of series. Like I just I watch like the first two right. three seasons and then I'll stop. And then like it, it seems like my pattern is you know a decade or Crazy. two later I start I finish it. <laughs> oh man, like that that show to me, <laughs> beginning to end, was the most clean organized story that was ever told and ended well. It ended perfectly, and even. Mm. I won't. That's See, yeah, I haven't like, seen that yet, so don't give. You are away. so satisfied with that. You are you. You feel like you didn't waste your life watching it, and that's the thing. Like, you watch other shows, and you'll be totally invested, and then the final episode mm-hmm. of the series happens, and they're like, "That's it." Like, 
Dexter. Seinfeld was like that for me. That was the first one. Was that the final episode when they went to jail for a year? Yeah, but the jail. No, it was like for seven years or something. That was was such a. No, it was a year. A significant time. They went to jail for a year. I don't don't know, man. Like, what was it? Just being assholes? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I didn't because ended the series on a negative thing like it's a comedy but i think that was maybe what they were going for in the, in the first place yeah right yeah i just yeah that was one that i could dude i remember that um we literally you know uh would watch it every week with me we, me and my my mom would watch it all the time and then uh you know live i think the last show i did that with was like Chappelle's show and but then you got shows like this, this, the Chappelle Show, which was arguably one of the greatest things ever made, ever. And we only got two seasons of it. Chappelle Show, like that's probably wait, what well, one was that? That that will stand. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Until obviously all those people that they play in the show are dead, but covers everything. He makes fun of everybody, mm-hmm. and, I, and Dave Chappelle said the reason why. He stopped doing the show was because of the way white people laughed at it. And I can relate to that. Like, he basically said that one of the people in the show, like, they used the N-word in a weird way. And it was funny, and it was meant to be funny. But he said that this guy just laughed at it the wrong way. And he could tell. He said he enjoyed it a little too much. Like, and I'm like, you're trying to be a comedian. It's supposed to be funny. But later on, I was starting to understand what he meant. Like, there was a tremendous amount of satisfaction seeing this black man kind of throw mm-hmm. fellow black men under the bus. And, and he said it was in that moment that he decided that he didn't want to do anymore. And he left for Africa and he had like a meltdown, you know, Dave Chappelle, like for all his greatness, like he has a tremendous amount of, you know, context that he provides, but even he is, you know, a comedian and a human being. And he, he kind of had a falling out even with his own self. So, yeah. Well, he did say something too. There was something like, I, there was an incident too where he said he went. I think it was like, I can't. It might have been for Comedy Central, but I thought it might have been for like an MTV award show or something like that. Even that he was doing. But he said something like he was like, I was trying. I, I made like a a homosexual like negative remark basically um, about about that that culture, and they were like, whoa, whoa, Dave, now that's too much. You know, and he was like, well, you guys don't mind me, you know, calling black people the N-word, you know, so like, why, why is this different? You know, I think like that kind of offended him. Well, know, it's true. He, I remember him talking about that also, you know, he's like. It's a yeah. weird time, man. I mean, it's not even, you know, you know so, it's not even about being woke. Or yeah, anything. it is. I think it just, the hypocrisy, I think he points out the hypocrisy and the way we as a society deem things to be appropriate or inappropriate and how wrong that is. And see, I can empathize with that. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I, and I see it through the eyes of a black person seeing it. I don't necessarily experience it, but I can at least try to empathize with it. And I get that up to a certain point, but I also feel like, <clears throat> like this comment you made, and I'll close it up with this, that like, was, I, I don't like the term white privilege. I think that that's, incredibly 
demonstrative and it makes white people look like the felons. Like, it's like we have our own ID card, you know? I, I will say that mm. being a person that is specifically black in this country, um, and, and I don't even think it's Hispanics or Asians. I think it's exclusive to black people in this country. I think that culturally speaking, they are feared by our by our government society because of the way that they have been portrayed on TV and in radio and just in general. And a lot of it is not true. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't help when you've got people rapping about murdering the cops. Okay. And all I'm going to say is that fundamentally country music, you don't hear Tim McGraw talking about women killing the police or fuck the police. You know what I'm saying? So like my point is you're right in the sense that, you know, this is no different than when, you know, Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X and black men around the, around the country stormed the Capitol and they were armed to the teeth. I don't know if you remember this, this happened in the sixties of all times. And there was a huge deal about, Mm -hmm. they said the Negroes got guns in Washington on the Washington post for, and it's like, Holy crap. You use that word like in a newspaper. And it was really, really scary. Like that's how they, they perceived black people. It wasn't just like, you know, it wasn't, people stormed the Capitol with guns. It was, they used the in like in a way that like they, they went through the effort of trying to create this divide. And that was with a very liberal news source at the time. So like it, it was liberal back then and it's really liberal now. Like, and they use that word. So the way I look at this is through a couple prisms. Yeah, absolutely. Like today, if, there were a bunch of black men that stormed the the city capital with guns. There's no doubt in my mind there would have been a slaughter. I can completely agree with that. But I will also say that this entire event occurred out of nowhere. Like, it just... It, it, well, let me say this again. It didn't happen out of nowhere. We knew it was coming. But I don't know if anybody actually believed it was coming. Because of what Trump was tweeting. But Trump rallied his yeah. people, man. And in this podcast, like he's responsible for what happened yesterday and absolutely responsible for it. Uh, So it's heartbreaking. Um, And hopefully people can open their eyes and maybe in a decade, it might be too late. My mom will be pushing 70. She won't be as passionate about Trump as she is now. I just, I, I mean, the, the, like, so the thing is, you know, I, I've seen a couple other people actually say, you know, I voted for Trump and now he disgusts me, you know, basically, um, or, you know, he started this, all that, but I, I just don't get, I, I, I mean, I guess I do get it. Cause I was kind of one, you know, with Obama, like I said, change and hope, all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, Trump kind of saying the same thing, you know, thinking, okay, well maybe this can't happen. But then after just a few, a little bit of time in office, you start realizing like, oh no, this is pretty much the same kind of thing that's going on and, and has been going on. Um, you know, Trump's kind of the, the person that he, he is on The Apprentice. You know what I mean? Like he's a character. You know what I mean? Like you start realizing like he's a character. 
And then he starts talking about like God and the Bible. And then I start like remembering hearing him on Howard Stern and like how vulgar and like he, he's okay with abortion, you know? And then you start thinking about like all the yeah. money he's donated to the Democrats over the years, but now he's bashing them, right? And and I, I, in my mind, I, I think about people like your mom, like, because I a lot of these people are very conservative, very religious older people that I know that are like, straight up support him to, to till now and i'm like do you even know who this guy really is like because if you knew who he really was like he do he he duped me too i mean i'm one that got duped too because i thought that he was gonna change things you know things like that i still vote for third party in that election but i thought okay he's gonna be one that's gonna you know do he he he, he this is possible right but then but then like i said you know you just yep. start seeing the character come out and you start realizing oh this guy's a character this guy he will, will say sell anything. you snake oil like any politician really i mean but he will he yes you know and it, it really discourages me that there's still people that are like he's a hero <laughs> you know and i'm just like uh but real quick dude just to end, like yeah. have you ever um heard of michael picard Bro, this dude, he, I don't know why, but he cracks me up. He's just like a troll, dude. And he'll go, he'll go to, to left wing stuff, to right wing stuff. Like he'll go to like, like, uh, you know, it, 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 it cracks, it, he'll, he'll go to like these things with like signs that say like, you know, we want free shit. He'll go to like Bernie things and say, you know, we want free shit. And then he'll go to like a Trump rally and say, you know, uh, Allah loves America or something He's like, like that. that. He'll horse. write God, but he'll he'll put Allah because Allah means God. Like it, it, yeah. So, but he's dude. If you look him up on Facebook, he is so funny, dude. And he messes with these people on both. Like, I I found him like I thought he was gonna be obnoxious at first, but man, I just watch him and like he's the best because like people be like, I want to punch you in the face. And like, <laughs> can I lay my head on your shoulder? <laughs> be like. I love, and then he'll just stand there. He'll be like, "No, I'm with all these guys here." Like, like he'll say he's with everybody and stuff, and like they get they get so mad, man. But it's it's so it's it's so funny. If you ever if you ever get a yeah, chance, pretty... like check check him out. But he's on Facebook, Michael Picard. It, it is pretty funny, man. All right, man. Well, yeah, I got Hopefully, your family's safe. And, and you, did you start your new job? Yeah. Enjoy that one. Ah, uh, no, that's on Monday. Good, man. Yeah, I'm enjoying my time off right well, now. So, well, let me know if you want to do another one of much. these. And... All right, man. <laughs> That'll work. Until next time. All right, dude. Good talking with you. All right.